0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday where we tell your odd but true stories. It is Friday, November 10th and uh it's the celebration of Veterans Day weekend is I think it's celebrated today. It might be Monday. But I always remember cuz 11/11 is my grandma's birthday. So happy birthday, mama if I may. Happy birthday, mama. Happy
1: Veterans Day to yes. all that served. And happy
0: Friday, happy to Friday,
1: everyone else. It's just here for
0: the day. It's a we're it's a great day to be alive, as uh, Trace Adkins once said. Is that Trace <laughs> Adkins? It, who? Uh, some country singer? <laughs> uh, no, God, how could I? It's not Trace Adkins. It's oh shit, Travis Tritt. I'm so sorry. Oh, Travis Tra- Trace we're Adkins so is sorry. now. Isn't he an action star? You just watched. A, oh, I thought you watched movies with him, with him. Oh, wait, was he the one that was in that? It was like. Sharknado, but different. I believe he has become, uh, that's probably why he was top of mind, because I think he's now in action films. Yes, I do recall now, because we decided that it was just filmed at his
1: beach house on location (laughs) wherever it was, and they just got him to walk out onto his beach after he woke up to say a few lines, and then he just like chilled the rest of the time.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'll be in the movie. You gotta come to me. That's how I do movie. Something with a shark. It was like a, a huge shark that he was hunting. Well, and we also watched Megalodon, too, but I don't think he was in that.
1: We'll have to go down the Trace Adkins um,
0: storied IMDb <laughs> to see what all he's been in. He went from honky-tonk, badonkadonk to <laughs> action hero, and <laughs> look at that. You know what? If that ain't the American dream, I don't know it's. It no. can be
1: anything. Honky-tonk, badonkadonk
0: Kill is me. such... <laughs> a a string
1: of words that I, it makes me feel a type of way when they're strung together and I, I don't, I can't explain it, but I, it's, It's special to
0: those that specific phrase. It's a bit like staring into a fire. (laughs) You're mesmerized. You can't look away. It's sick. I don't want to get closer to it. But But at the same time, you're captivated and you can't look away. Yeah. (laughs) What a way to start this uh, episode. But this is, uh, you've got curated a lineup of six odd but true tales that run the gamut from brushes with true crime to unexplained incidents to irrational or rational fears y'all tell
1: us you tell us i will say one of these when i was reading it i was just reading i was like yeah 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 and then at the end i literally i'm not even being figuratively here my jaw dropped because it was a twist that i was not expecting so Yes. yes buckle up everyone
0: buckle up for this journey into the odd but true well i'm christy i'm heather and let's get freaky.
1: This first one, Heather, is from your daughter Anonymous. Sweetheart, hello. And the subject line is I will be watching. And content warning this does have discussions of domestic violence. Dear Christy and Heather, as I'm writing this, it's 4 a.m. and I'm still processing. I woke up from a dead sleep around two in the morning to screaming. As I came to, I could make out a woman's voice pleading and a male voice screaming. I felt my stomach drop and adrenaline kick in. I shot up and ran to my front door. It was coming from the apartment hallway, and it was real, and it scared me. I knew not to open the door. I felt in the moment that putting myself in between them was the wrong thing to do. I will never forget his voice as I listened, my whole body shaking, how devoid of any humanity it sounded. Just evil. Eventually I heard her hit a wall and I was in my bedroom dialing 911 before I could fully process my decision. Dispatch was empathetic as my name and address spilled out of my mouth. They asked me obvious questions like if they were intoxicated, etc. but something in my instincts told them that they were sober. I felt so strongly that this woman was in mortal danger. My partner woke up during the call and they were immediately terrified that I'd gone out there to intervene, but I told them I didn't. Part of me wonders why I didn't. It's in my personality to be brash. I always speak out in public or take initiative when something is off, and I'm comfortable talking to strangers. But I just didn't, and I wondered for a moment if I was a coward for not physically intervening while this woman was being harmed. I listened as she banged on their apartment door begging for him to open up so she could get her phone and her things. That's when my brain switched into sinisterhood mode. It felt like I was witnessing in real time every episode where domestic violence had led to something more sinister. Phoebe Hanschuk especially came to mind. I could hear the two of you narrating this woman's actions, the screaming. I started hearing things like what her hobbies might be that Heather would describe, and Christy talking about how much her mom loved her. It was an out-of-body experience, and I think how my brain just chose to cope. Then the cops arrived, and they got there fast. They asked her if she was okay, and almost instantly, I heard that motherfucker come out of his apartment. That inhuman, evil voice I heard was suddenly calm, cool, and collected. He sounded normal, like a person. He cooed charismatically to the cops, saying everything was fine. That dramatic switch made my hair stand on end, but it didn't surprise me. No, that's exactly what these people do. I will keep the rest of the details vague, but the cops thankfully didn't buy it. They talked to the woman about pressing charges. I could tell she was in hardcore denial, repeatedly saying she was not being abused. Eventually, the police were finally able to pull out of her through tears that not only did he throw her clear across the hall, but that during what I think was my 911 call, he had begun kicking her in the stomach over and over. It's 4 a.m. and I can't fathom it. I'm just numb. It took an hour, but eventually she was able to get her things and leave. I'm glad she's safe and out of the situation, but it's sinking and that this man is still my neighbor. I have to step outside my door every day in proximity with real evil. I know that's an extreme way to describe a person, But I believe his behavior speaks for itself. In hindsight, I'm glad I didn't go out there because then he'd know where I live and who placed the call. I hope the fact that I called the police and they got there within five minutes haunts him. I hope he thinks twice. I hope he never does this again. I hope this is a wake up call for him. Behavior like this escalates. I'm sure in the past he was able to escalate and had never been caught before, but tonight that changed. I feel empowered that I got to hold that piece of shit accountable, that that poor woman had someone from law enforcement advocating for her, that God forbid if something were to happen again, it's been documented and his behavior will not so easily be erased, that if he ever has a victim he's killed, I added to the evidence that could put him away. Part of me felt dramatic for writing that, but I've been a listener and now Patreon subscriber for almost five years, and I know that it's not dramatic. It's very real. I've witnessed what he truly is now, and he can't hide from me. I'm sure he's already wondering which neighbor is aware of what he is. Rest assured, I will be watching. Thank you for all that you do. I'm a better person, ally, and survivor because of your podcast. Thank you for being with me in spirit tonight. I needed the both of you to be strong and
0: feel that I was. Keep it creepy. Well, I got a tissue to dry my nose from just the allergies and I right. needed it <laughs> to dry Same. It from that. Well, I, I feel honored that you even thought of us anonymous that, you know, when that was going on, but there's something to be said for doing intervention work like this safely. You did the right, right. thing. not going out there. I mean, everybody I know that's worked in law enforcement. These are some of the hottest, most dangerous, most escalative, you know, Police officers die intervening in situations like this because mm-hmm. it is irrational. You're dealing with irrational people, and calling calling the experts, you know, calling them in to the the ones that have some, the power to to separate them to help mm-hmm. her. That's exactly what you should have done, and re- not just going, not my problem. Ooh, no. Bring the volume yeah. up because, like you said, we see so often these these guys get out of hand, and there's if I briefly may soapbox here, but I mean, domestic violence is such an indicator and such a predictor for future violent behavior, whether it's murder of that spouse or other instances of violence and getting guns out of the hands of people that have these convictions is so vital, but we can't get the guns out of their hands if they're never convicted. So calling Mm -hmm. in stuff like this is often the first step in having that person marked in the system, that this is somebody that needs to get help, that needs to change, that needs to turn away from this. And I think when we all find what our role is, and not go, well, I'm not, I don't work at a DV shelter, so I don't really know what I can do. What you can do is you're you're your brother, your sister's keeper, you're your neighbor's keeper, if there's something you can do to help. And for him, like you said, perhaps it's a wake-up call. And now he's got this mess and everybody in his life has to know that he has a domestic violence charge. And I hope in the circle around him, they go, this is unacceptable. We don't, my son doesn't do things like that. My best friend doesn't do stuff like that. My brother doesn't do stuff like that. When we all step in and take our role, that's when hopefully fewer and fewer calls like this will happen.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. Going out there would have, um, I don't think that would have helped nearly as much as you calling the police. In fact, you probably would have put yourself in danger. And yes, escalated the situation. To not just him knowing that people are watching, but also this woman knowing that, like, someone was looking out for me and recognized that this was wrong. And she may be in denial, and that's very common in um, victims of domestic violence. But when you're in that situation and then someone else recognizes how wrong it is, I think there's power in that too. And you not only helped maybe. Get this guy a record, put something on paper, make him think twice. But you also showed her that people out there care and that others recognize this isn't right. Like, and it's in fact illegal. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, if she finds herself in a situation like that again, she remembers that there are people out there looking out for her and that she is definitely not alone. And you are uh, your great neighbor and advocate hero for doing something like that. Because a lot of people would just be like, that's two in the morning. They're probably drunk, whatever. But you were correct. Mm-hmm. You're not being dramatic. That is how so many cases we cover start and then they end quite tragically. So um, good for you for calling. You might have prevented something like that.
0: Right. It could end so much worse. And to your point, the the isolation as a tactic of abusers, you're right, saying, no, I'm her neighbor. I don't mm-hmm. know who she is, but I care what happens to her. I don't know who she is, but I don't want her to be p- thrown across the hall and kicked in the stomach repeatedly breaks that narrative that he is pro- you know often abusers ingrained in mm-hmm. someone. of No one even gives a shit about you. I could kill you and no one would even notice. It's like at least one person yeah. next door would notice. Yeah. And it sounds
1: like the cops were empathetic and helpful as well, which is
0: always great great. to see
1: in these situations. Well, thank you, Anonymous. You did your mom and your auntie proud. So, and, and your neighbor. And I hope that (laughs) you have stayed safe and there's been no other incidents with him. And I hope that, I hope that woman didn't come back. I hope she found a safe place to go and you haven't seen her around anymore either.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Anonymous. Hood, we'll be right back.
1: Well, this next one is from Alex, and it is called How My Dad Almost Beat a Serial Killer's Ass. And a brief content warning, this mentions aggressive handling of an animal. Hey, girls, I'm going to quickly gush about how much I love you girls and the podcast. I've listened to every episode, and I'm now working my way through again because you two are the only thing that make work bearable. Okay, now to the story. This is my dad's story, but I think you'll love and hate it at the same time. So here we go. Let's set the scene. It's October of 1992. We lived in Park City, Kansas. We were living in the little trailer park in town, and we had just got a new dog. Her name was Dot. My mom, dad, and, at the time, five-year-old brother lived there. My mom was just around four months pregnant with me. My dad was working on putting in a new fence with my papa and my mom was probably inside dealing with the dumpster fire that was my brother. See, Dot liked to act like the convict she was and escape from the yard daily. As they were putting the post for the fence in, a white truck pulled up. This is when my dad realized it was the dog catcher, since Dad had been dealing with him a lot lately. Dad just thought he was there to make sure he was building the fence tall enough so Dot wouldn't be able to yeet herself over it. The driver got out, and my dad stopped what he was doing and started walking towards him. The man went to the back of the truck, opened the back doors, and pulled our Dalmatian, Dot, out of the back, carrying her up to the house at chest level by her collar. My dad being, well, my dad, got right in the man's face, poking him in the chest back down the driveway, yelling, Don't you ever touch my dog like that! Poking him after every word, mixed with some much more heated comments and my dad ending the confrontation by telling the man he would kick his ass if he ever saw him touch an animal like that again. Once the new fence was up, we didn't have to deal with that ass hat again. Fast forward to February of 2005. We were at my grandparents' house hanging out when the news came on with breaking news. They had arrested Dennis Rader as BTK. My dad was watching this and had every emotion running across his face. That's when my dad told me this story, and ended it with, that's the man I poked in the chest down my driveway. Insert record scratch here. What? My dad poked that psycho down a driveway and threatened him like the gangster he is. Months later, my dad got a call from one of the main detectives on the case that he'd known since way before I was even a thought, telling him that my dad's name was on Raider's kill list. I can only assume it's because of that day. Hope you enjoyed the story. Love what you girls do. Keep it creepy.
0: Well, you don't want to be on anybody's kill list, but the BTK is a particularly heinous killer to be listed among his potential victims.
1: This is the one that made my jaw drop. I I should have put it together with Kansas and the dog catcher, but I wasn't thinking. And then I was like, oh my God. I mean- Few of us have confirmation that we have been that close to pure evil, that you've touched someone so inherently evil, been that close. And then Dennis Rader didn't forget. He, oh, he got in his car and wrote down your address. 1992 to 2005. I'm glad it was stayed on the list because that's a long span where, right. where something could have happened. But that is wild. Just And again, I think we talked about it maybe on the last Freaky Friday that you never really know the people you're dealing with, just everyday strangers, like who you're walking past, who your barista is, your server at a restaurant, the dog catcher. You know, I mean, we most people we interact with, it's just on kind of a surface level. And then when you find out, like, holy shit, this guy was one of the most monstrous serial killers in the history of the world. And I threatened to beat his ass because he uh, dragged my dog up like a total asshole. That's not how you carry an animal. That's no... Good
0: for uh-huh. you, man. Good for you. You are a true gangster. Good for yeah. you, sir. That's. Dude, daddy. Daddy doesn't fuck around. don't. Don't fuck with my Dalmatian. <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with my Dalmatian. But you're right. That kind of the banality of like, he was just driving around that day, returning dogs back to the yards, you know, like knowing what mm-hmm. he knew, what he had done before, what he would go on to do. It is just such an eerie feeling. And instances like this, I mean, it just shows you he has no regard for the pain of an innocent creature to drag a dog by its collar. And, and, you know, that's on the extreme, extreme, extreme low end of what he's even capable of. But to see a person that's capable of doing that and being like, what kind of an asshole are you treating an animal like that? Buddy, you got no idea. And that's That's just so eerie, but uh, I'm glad that he, like you said, he ended up staying on the list and, and didn't become a victim of it because your dad did nothing wrong. I mean, you see a wrong going on, you correct the injustice of like, get off of my yard, leave my pet alone. It's not like your dad did something heinous to him that, you know, it's, this guy's just a plain serial killer, literal psychopath and did what he did because of who he is. So, man, I absolutely would. Uh, poke a dog catcher in the chest and
1: say, "Get the fuck out of my yard and don't ever touch my dog." If they brought one of my animals back like that,
0: no, for sure, yeah, not knowing their background, yeah,
1: pedal up the driveway. Well, good luck. I will have the news first of all yeah good luck uh, she'll <laughs> just eat you she'll just yank
0: her you. anywhere i saw her go ham on a fully like a banana with the peel which stupidly i go does she just eat the whole thing with the peel and you go no she peels it with her <laughs> 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 oh let me wait and watch <laughs> she didn't she just ate it but the screams and squeals when she was about to knock over your planner and you're like come on pet pet over here and it was like Rii! oh yeah and yeah. that was just gentle like come on, like coaxing. I can't imagine someone got her by the collar. You're donezo. Oh, you, dunzo. you couldn't. first. Uh, she, w- You would never
1: catch her. I <laughs> dare you. It's, I mean. She fasts. <laughs> oh, she's fast. And strong. People are, yeah, they can be scary. They're very loud and um, she is very strong. And they are um, they can be intimidating for sure
0: because the, of their her
1: she thick, girth. She think Her, her belly rubs the
0: ground. She's perfect. She's exactly what a pig should be. She's a snapshot of what it should be. You were watching her and you
1: go, Is that her belly? And I was like, Yeah. yeah. I'm like, man, get a load of that. And it's just, it. she's walking and it's. I mean, maybe a millimeter from just brushing the ground, just
0: swaying back and it's forth. Perfect how it hangs. Her little <laughs> oh, tail, she's so sweet. She's the best. Well, sorry, I always go off into pedal. How much we love pedal, but you're right. It, I think all this to say that, uh, man, Alex, your your dad dodged one, and your whole family did. So thanks for sharing that with us. But and what a story! Yeah,
1: that's a story
0: I would tell. A
1: lot. Yeah. Like it's- every dinner party, if somebody's like, hey, who's got two truths in a lie? I'll be like, I got one. <laughs> yeah. I got a truth for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Bring that up. Well, this next one is from Chelsea, and it is called Halloween Strangers. Christy's anxiety at the Halloween party reminded me of the strangers that arrived at my Halloween party a few years ago. The year was 2017. I was in my mid-20s. We threw our annual Halloween party, we shared the house with five people, and we invited all our friends. The party was an hour or so in, and we'd all had a few beverages already, when two people came walking up the drive. Everyone was in costume, and so at first, we were excited to see what we thought were friends in costumes. I was playing the good host, inviting them in and asking if they needed anything to drink. The two strangers were dressed eerily both wearing full hunting gear and masks. The tall one was wearing a scarecrow ghostly type mask, and the shorter stranger was wearing a goat mask. The goat-faced stranger would occasionally bleat at us. We at first assumed they were just our friends messing with us. I'd say, okay, very funny, but really, who are you? Ah, the goat face would say as they twisted their head. My anxiety creeped up with every minute since they arrived, and they refused to tell us who they were or remove their masks. I started to spiral. Are these people friends? Are they our neighbors that we kicked out of a different party we'd had? Are they murderers waiting for their moment? I thought all these things to myself as the goat-faced strangers had cornered me in the kitchen. Suddenly, I was very aware of the knife block behind me. I grabbed my phone, punched in 911, and said, That's it. If you don't tell me who the fuck you are right now, I'm calling the police. The strangers removed their masks, revealing the familiar faces of my very own mom and dad. They got us all very good, and they taught me yet another lesson in life. Maybe don't invite strangers into your house. Sorry I couldn't find the pictures of my parents dressed up. Thank you for reading. Big fan. I'll write in again with my actual spooky stories.
0: Well, this is a spooky story. Oh, yes, it is. Because uh, we watched that movie, Who Invited Them, with Ryan Hansen from Veronica Mars. Like, oh, I haven't seen that. I thought we watched it together on tour. Or I think we watched it when we were in Denver last year. And it was like, the couple is having like a housewarming party, and then these like posh two people show up, and they're very posh. And the husband's like, are they your friends? And the wife's like, are they your friends? And it's like, maybe they're neighbors. And the neighbors are like, they're not neighbors. And then as people leave the party, these two people stay and they like get progressively weirder and weirder and more pressury. And you're like- I
1: don't think I've seen this. Oh, did well, we?
0: If we did, I don't remember it. Uh, I will say it was like the best movie ever. It's pretty good. I mean, it's like a good like thriller. And we were like half asleep, half awake. I feel like we watched it when we stayed at the Brown Palace Hotel to do that mini-sode um, about oh. the, the murder and the haunting that happened there. But- it's that's the idea that, oh, everybody come to my party. And then as the doors open, it's just – they aren't even in costume. So the costume with the goat mask that's not talking to you is even much, much worse. It's like the no. movie The Strangers. Yes, just
1: looking at you, head cocked, like, bah, when you try and answer a question. I would have lost it. I, on one hand, mad props to these parents. Go like, you and went hard <laughs> – And you, I'm sure, are legends to everyone that was there. On the other hand, I would have poppled myself upon all of this happening and then probably just broke down sobbing (laughs) once I realized it was my own parents that had been doing this to me. (laughs)
0: I just was trying to envision my parents. And I think that my mom would not be able to only buy at people. She would want to talk. And then my dad would be totally incognito all night. Cause he would just at parties, like chill in a corner and find like one or two people to talk shit with. So people would be like, that scarecrow is hilarious. Back there. We don't know what he is. He's just cracking Budweiser's back
1: there talking shit. That Weed. goat just, she, uh, she's got a bit of a twang and yeah. she's been just
0: talking all night. That goat is hilarious. Ear. That's the funniest goat we've ever met. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. That's my parents. <laughs> I would recognize them right away. But that, like you said, that is a very good uh, prank. I like parents who prank their kids. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if any of y'all are listening, have fun. Because uh, we've had a couple right in where parents, you know, drive you to somewhere scary to, you know, and then like you know, scream or something to startle you while you're in the car, whatever. Anytime a parent prank. I want more stories like that. Yeah. Because I, uh, I love those. Good especially natured. in your tw- good natured ones. Yeah. In
1: your 20s too. Clearly yes. you have a rapport where this probably wasn't the first I don't think you go from zero pranks <laughs> and if Full you have, costume. then you went hard you went hard in the paint, your first first gay
0: prank or <laughs> turning it up because they're like, <laughs> Well, let's just do a fun prank. What should we do? Full costume, sneak in, don't speak to them, terrify them, make them call the police
1: hunting gear goat mask you don't talk you just say "baa" and (laughs) cock your head at them anytime somebody asks you something then we're going to corner our daughter (laughs) in the kitchen right by the knives until she
0: (laughs) breaks we won't take these masks off and that's why you always check under the mask kids (laughs) you're like oh cool thanks mom and dad for the lesson can we just go back to partying now i yeah and then you know they stayed around and party yeah yeah, it's a i love when
1: families have like good-natured Pranky relationships like this Because it says a lot about like You're obviously close enough to where you can Do something like this and um you're not going to lose contact with them. You're not going to destroy your relationship for the rest no. of
0: your life. <laughs> No, because they, w- they weren't like, call the police. We'll see what happens then. <laughs> Their <laughs> yeah. parents are like, we take it all away. We take it yeah, to yeah. the max. I'll, I'll have the
1: cops show up. <laughs> I, I I refuse to take this off. They spend the night in jail. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole trial. They're like, well, I will, I have I will a die primal. first before I give up this bit.
0: <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so how my dad's in jail. He's serving 15 to twenty. <laughs> for breaking and entering, but he said he never, he commits to the bit and he said, don't, Mm -hmm. don't be weak.
1: Yeah. Don't drop it. So, you know, I'm not. So anyways, well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for sending that in. It sounds like a hell of a party and your parents sound very fun. So tell them we said, what's up? Good job.
0: What's up? (laughs) Sinisterhood. We'll be right back. Well, this next one is from Reed, and the subject line is UFO encounter or government secret? You decide. My name is Reed, and I want to preface my story with, I believe aliens exist somewhere, just not that we're visited constantly, if ever. This story takes place in 2003, I believe. I live in the southern tier of New York. I was a passenger in my friend's truck, and we were driving to his house out in the county. We made this drive just about every night for a few years and never experienced anything out of the ordinary. On this particular night, something unexplainable happened. While we were driving through the hills, what can only be described as a shadow fell upon the truck, as if hovering above us. The vehicle started to buck like it was running out of gas. The headlights started to flash. The dash started blinking. The radio went haywire with static and crackling distortion, even though we were listening to a CD at the time and not a radio station. This lasted for about 20 seconds or so. I watched as the shadow moved further down the road in front of us and then just disappear. It was only a shadow, no craft, no strange lights, and definitely no swamp gas. The truck instantly started running normally, no more electrical issues, and the song on the CD started playing again from where we had left off. To say we were freaked the fuck out is an understatement. I recently asked my buddy about the incident, and he has no recollection at all about what we experienced. Do I think it was aliens? Not really. However, there was a Lockheed Martin facility just 10 miles away from our location at the time. This facility specializes in aircrafts, having previously built a new helicopter for former presidents and are constantly flight testing helicopters on a regular basis. My money is on government funded tech from a black ops project being developed and tested nearby. Well, well, well.
1: I, whatever, regardless of what caused it, that is a very scary moment. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe your friend doesn't remember. Because he either got men in blacked, Ooh, or into his house, he's blocked it out because it was so traumatic, <laughs> or he just has a bad memory like yeah. me. And it's just, just, I would, I would
0: remember something like this though for One sure. One of my country friends will be like, "I've been drunk since then. I don't remember that." <laughs> so it's like maybe he's been <laughs> drunk since then, but no, I think there's some. Maybe there is something to the Lockheed Martin facility. Mm-hmm. My old man worked for Raytheon uh, before he passed, and he had top secret security clearance and really wouldn't tell us stuff. Because see, I was like, "Do you get to see space plans? Like, what do you see?" Has but he they seen aliens, yeah. Like, what did you? See? See, I think it, uh, on the less exciting side and more of the what we talk about military industrial complex side, it was mm-hmm. tech. It was expensive, cool military tech, whether it was uh, in this case, it could have been some type of a drone situation. I mean, mm-hmm. in 2003, that would be a very, you know, a relatively early stage drone. They're not as prolific or you know, prevalent as they are now. And uh, so it could be something like that. Some testing, all kinds of planes. When we find out years later, the cool kind of technology they had, you know, 10 20 30 40 years ago i can only imagine what's being developed now that we we would you know ways to use Mm -hmm. reflective uh you know screens on the hull of a thing and uh cameras all around kind of like teslas do where they have cameras to where they can see everything around them and then reflect that back would basically make you feel invisible so it would be something flying over you you wouldn't really be able to see because of the way it you know they use cameras and optics to reflect Uh, from it so yes it's not really altering
1: reality yeah you are it's crazy (laughs) I do think that if Lockheed Martin was that close, that definitely makes sense. That's creepy though that there's something that is so powerful with its own tech or it was causing your tech to scramble intentionally, whether it was just like interference or they were like were causing this interference on purpose. I don't like there being shit up there that can fuck with my stuff. And I don't and I don't know what's going on. I don't like the government having more technology than me. I'm <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I want the same technology that the government has. I, I think, think we all have that right.
0: Yeah, we all need to be on the same um model of phone and operating <laughs> system so we don't have any issues and glitches. Well it's funny you say stuff up there fucking with your stuff and you related it to the government. I was thinking maybe even and I don't I mean space stuff, not in oh it's aliens, but I mean astronomy, uh, some sort of astronomological thing. Astronomological. Astronomological. That was a great
1: Dr. Seuss book.
0: (laughs) I don't mean astrological like astrology, but I mean like if there's like a solar flare or something, uh, Mm. a a big electromagnetic pulse or something that flew over you that I got an alert right before we started recording earlier that the concern is that there might be a massive solar flare that will take out the internet And what do you do about that, like, TBD? They don't know. (laughs) Fuck. Damn it. But something similar happened in, I think, like, 1859. There was some big uh, solar pulse and telegraph lines, like, got fried. And people that were touching them got electrocuted and things like that. So there's something to be said about stuff up there even further up than what a government plane would be that would be able to cause a shadow and maybe be able to, I don't know, muck with your stuff. Mm. I am not a, I'm no, uh, you know, NASA employee, but <laughs> I feel like, Yet. you know, <laughs> yes, well, gonna, we'll get there. I'm still don't trying worry. to go to space camp. I feel like I can, I am a you can to, do that. I mean, I
1: feel camp. you can definitely, they let like kids go to that. So I think you're in on that one. <laughs> I need to make a whole list of all the questions I want to ask them when I'm at space camp. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ma'am. Uh, we need to let one of the other children have a turn now. And you're like, but I just have one more question. If a solar flare took out all of the internet, how long would it be until society just collapsed in on itself? And the answer is like 10 minutes.
0: Yes. Yeah, eight minutes. They can see it. They're like, we'll warn you. They said maybe we could maybe 18 to 24 hours. I was like, that's not enough time for me to know that the internet's going to get zapped. It's not then, my job is the internet. Please don't. Right.
1: And then how does it come back up? How long does that take? I mean, that's,
0: it is very
1: creepy to think how dependent we all are on technology and the internet and I mean that's just how everything works now so without that how disconnected everyone would be so many jobs would be in limbo oh, yeah. like I mean your everything about your life would change overnight unless you were already off the
0: grid and then you're like welcome yeah, Enjoy right. Enjoy the peacefulness. <laughs> feel like you have been tweeting your thumbs off and I've just been over here on my goat farm vibing. It's been great. <laughs> uh but no it's funny you say that. I I mean we we've become so dependent on it and I think we saw in Dallas when we had that hack that happened, the God. ransomware. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna like ask them to come pick this, you know, bulk trash item up and they're like, Website is down. I was like, it's been down for months. Mm-hmm. So to D&D, see TV, where- people couldn't get yes. their
1: licenses. You couldn't even check shit out at the library. No. I mean, stuff that you don't think of it. All of it would be impacted. All of our streaming services, gone. Mm-mm. Being able to record stuff, gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean GPS, like any phone stuff, like what would we I don't know what we do. We no, it. I'm
0: starting to spiral. Don't worry about it. We're gonna hear I've you act like I don't Have contingency plans because my previous (laughs) life I was a compliance officer, so I had to be like, Okay, if the shit goes down, here's ways that we need to prepare in advance. So I was like, All right, here's the Sinisterhood business plan. If the internet goes out, you all listeners need to know this too because you're involved in this. We are going to get like an RV situation. (laughs) Okay, I'm listening. So all six of us, meaning you know, obviously you and I, Tommy Paris, the children can come as well. We're gonna we're gonna have to do a cross country tour because we're gonna just have to do the show live in front of people, kind mm-hmm. of like old timey style where they would do presidential debates just on the road. Like we're gonna be in the town square and <laughs> we're sh- like a tent, like an yeah, evangelical like tent, a tent set up
1: or a circus,
0: and I we have come a tent. Yes. Our show. <laughs> we're gonna come city to city and we'll just set up in like a public park. Probably we'll find find something freaky in advance. I'm going to make a list of, we'll grab, um, Em and Christine's book, the, and that's why we drink haunted there road atlas. And we'll just we go, go, we'll just use that as our map. Cause that's a hard copy book. <laughs> we'll use that as our yes. map.
1: This is why we all need books, everyone.
0: Yes. We can't rely on our Kindles all the time because no. one day we're not going to have access to that. Now what? They're like, the only book you have left is a haunted road atlas. I'm like, it's the only one I needed. It. <laughs> it's the only one I need. <laughs> yeah. So that's our family band plan. And we can we can swing by. We can pick up him and Christine too because they're going to be the same boat as us. So yeah. We'll, we'll have get a caravan, a of caravan <laughs> going of just, yeah, like a convoy of all podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> and we're coming to your town to do
1: podcast live. Yeah. Yeah, how are we going to – now it's going to be a grassroots uh, campaign situation like marketing because we can't post stuff on Instagram. So we'll need everybody's help yes. when we um, Jehovah's Witness style come door to door asking everyone, hey, can you go help us? But we are, we're good. I have
0: we're a total opposite of them. You, everyone <laughs> will be like, Yeah, I'll totally join this on Patreon. Whenever uh, you join and I send you the sticker with a ghost drawn on the back, I have your addresses downloaded. So we're just going to mail out postcards to let you all know where we're going to be. In there place. it is. There it is. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll all be connected. It'll be great. Well, don't worry. The solar flare probably won't happen. Well, for- I'm glad that if it does, we already know what we're doing. We've already talked it through. My anxiety is already going down because we See? have a contingency plan. Exactly. I'm the, also the compliance officer of Sinisterhood to make sure. Thank- that that yeah. we have a solar flare contingency plan. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Reed, for sharing that with us. I think you're right. It probably is some. It's like a helicopter or a mm-hmm. drone or something that they were testing, and uh, your buddy doesn't remember because they came and knocked on his door and made him look at the end of a pen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sinisterhood. We'll be right back. This next one's from Abby, and the subject line is: Did my family experience a glitch in the matrix? hey, hey, ladies, insert one paragraph of geeking out over how much I love you guys and how thankful and grateful I am for this podcast. So this memory has been living rent-free in the back of my mind since I was an adolescent. I'm now in my 30s, and I think this might be the perfect place to let this story out into the wild. My family enjoys movie nights just like any other family. On this particular summer night, we watched From Justin to Kelly if you know, you know. But for those who don't know, it's a 2003 American romantic comedy musical featuring Justin Guarini and Kelly Clarkson. Despite it having really bad ratings, we were really vibing with the music and the singing. We got to a particular scene in the middle of the movie that was so good that we rewound it, this was on a DVD, and rewatched it three times before moving on with the movie. Let me say that again. My entire family of eight was there and we watched the singing and dancing scene three times. We liked this particular scene so much that we tried putting it on in the morning the following day, but the scene was nowhere to be found. We fast forwarded through the movie, nothing. We went to the scene selections, each selection was matched with its musical scene, nothing. We went to the special features, nothing. Now to be honest, I don't remember if the DVD had a deleted scenes or behind the scenes section, but if there was, you bet we checked that too and we didn't find it. My entire family was mind boggled. I don't even know how to describe it and how it felt. We tried looking for it a few more times, only to end up in a cycle with no luck. Now, not because we liked the scene so much, but to prove that we weren't crazy. Still, it was nowhere to be found most of my family members still recall the same memory to this day. Since then, we've watched that movie maybe only two other times and that scene would never come up again. Now, here's the thing. I had just recently watched this movie again with my sisters and we found the scene on the internet as a deleted scene. We also had no luck searching for similar experiences. If the DVD back then had a deleted scene section, this scene was not in there. And trust me, you can only search a DVD thoroughly so many times. Did the DVD glitch and we ended up in the deleted scenes? I mean, it could be, but it wouldn't make sense that we were able to watch it three times before letting the movie roll as is. How could it disappear overnight when none of us knew how to edit, let alone have a computer that allows DVD editing software? And even if we did know how to edit a DVD, this was a rented movie. I understand that human memories aren't the best and are not reliable, but I kid you not, it really happened. Did we all experience a mass hysteria of some sort? Or did we experience a glitch in the Matrix slash simulation? I can't get my head around it. What do you think? Love you guys so much. Kiss kiss.
1: I got to start off by first saying, I do know what this movie is, but I have never seen it. But I am. This was from the first American Idol. Yes. Justin Guarini, I think, came in second. And then Kelly Clarkson won. Arguably still the best winner of yes. American Idol in the first season. That show came out hard out the gate. I was enraptured by that first season. Also, she's from Texas. So. Hey, from DFW, too. Yeah. She's our yeah. neighbor. I, um, I've never seen the movie, though. So I, I don't know what scene you're referring to. If everyone in your family saw it, it sounds like it wasn't a mass hysteria. I mean, I, I believe you that everybody saw mm-hmm. it. The only logical thing I can think of is you did find some
0: kind of deleted scenes thing and then just couldn't get back to it. I I don't know. Yeah, I remember some DVDs, I don't know if this one did, would have you could watch the regular like the cut from the theater or you could watch like a special extended cut on the DVD. Mm. So the only thing I could think is if maybe there was an extended cut, but they, you know, everybody went through the menu and searched the DVD. And it, I mean, is actually what she said is right. Like you can only go through it so many times. There's only so many menu screens uh, on DVDs. So that is such a weird thing. And for it not to, for it to be a deleted scene on the internet, but not be in the deleted scenes of the DVD is also strange. The, that's the only thing I could think of is if it was a special extended cut that you watched it or, Justin and Kelly were trying to send you a message. What was the That's, song? Did you yeah. did you heed whatever the title of the song was? Did I you have heed their warning? Yeah, please I, tell us. I got to know what
1: song and dance number this was because that could – Tell us everything. There could have been a
0: message within there. I've always wondered, because I never saw the film, and I was like, who went to see this in the movie theaters like, to support it being released on DVD? And it sounds like some people watched it so many times <laughs> and still watch it to this day. We must be missing something. So we might have to to take a, an evening and watch From Justin to Kelly and see <laughs> what we've been missing, because maybe this could change our lives. This could change everything. It could. It certainly could. I like these things,
1: though in the sense that it's a thing that becomes like your family lore that's specific to y'all. And then it's, you know, a fun family thing that you only you guys can relate to. And it's like an inside joke between everyone. That's, I, I just like that stuff when families have like little things that are unique to them and years from now, you're like, do you remember when we were watching from Justin to Kelly and, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I, we still can't explain it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like you said, a family inside joke or a legend that it's – y'all get it. It's a wink and a nudge to each Mm -hmm. other. And it sounds like maybe you did fall into a glitch in the Matrix, but you all came out together. And that's – the family that stays together, that's how you get out of the Matrix. You fall in together, you get out together. (laughs) And if you get out together, you were meant to be together. Exactly. See, and I, I mean, you're still clearly, it's still an important part of your life if you recently were watching it with your <laughs> sister. You have not let this go. I love it. And I
1: appreciate it. I I can't let mysteries like that go. I've got to get to the bottom
0: of the I truth. Find out. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, Abby. Uh, if anybody has any suggestions for what Abby might have experienced, please send them in uh, to the Freaky Friday form or to our email, at sinisterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you experienced a 2003 glitch of the DVD from Justin to Kelly. Let Abby know she's not alone.
1: Also, if you're Kelly Clarkson or Justin Guarini or any cast <laughs> member that has been featured on American Idol, just DM us. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> and If you were in this
0: movie, perhaps you can shed some light on it. it. Yeah, we need to get a hold of Kelly Clarkson is what we're saying. She's yeah. from Dallas. We're from Dallas. We probably know some of the same folks. So <laughs> once we can... <laughs> talk to uh, kelly we got to right <laughs> they're like five in like five years we've we've made it and like we're bigger now and they're like we're gonna be on the kelly clarkson show and they're like so you guys are here to talk about your new movie and i'm like actually i just have a kelly if i could derail this for a minute uh a <laughs> couple years back a friend of mine abby sent an email in i have some questions about the justin from justin to kelly dvd and she's like uh we have to cut to a quick commercial break <laughs> How did you know
1: about that? She's those like, deleted scenes were
0: top government official secrets. <laughs> she was like, "Those, d- the scenes in those w- were actually what we were flying over New York the same year. <laughs> people saw it. it. Together. CD players fucked up. It was wild. Yeah. You can't tell people about that. That's what
1: Reed yes. and his friend were listening to in the car. It was some <laughs> – very earworm bop from <laughs> from Justin to Kelly. It's all this is all related
0: all to connected. from Justin to Kelly. It's all connected. Kelly Clarkson, reach out to us. We're going to solve this mystery. Yeah. Sinisterhood. We'll be right back. Well, this last one is from Jenny Lee. What's up, Jenny Lee? The subject line is "Biffy Monster is my irrational fear." My wife and I were just listening to the Freaky Friday episode about the Biffy Monster, and we knew I had to write in. First thing, we need to suggest the shiwi for moments like Christy had in the porta potty. It's something that we bought for camping, but it comes in a little zipper pouch and can fit in your bag no problem. Really helps a girl out. Now on to the Biffy Monster. My wife and I just got married two weeks ago, October 14th. So this initial interaction was when we were just getting to know each other. We were on a road trip. And I was asking questions from a cute list of getting to know you things. When it came to do you have an irrational fear?" I've ripped off the band-aid and told her what feels like? a ridiculous fear. I didn't know it had a name to it until your episode, and I feel so validated. I have this fear that some sort of wild man covered in shit and soggy toilet paper, will jump out of any and every porta potty. I can picture him every time I walk up to one and I have to take a deep breath and prepare before I can even touch the door. Luckily, I have yet to actually encounter the Biffy Monster, but I'm so glad I now have a name for him, and I'm not alone. P.S. I've been listening to you for what feels like forever, and now my wife is a fan too. We love the show, and I can confirm Heather's stories about high school and Mesquite are all true. Shout out to Mrs. Mole. We love you guys and love the podcast. Keep it creepy, but avoid the Biffy Monster. Jenny Lee. Well, first of all, hello, Jenny Lee. We went to high school together. Jenny Lee also taught my niece Madison, which <laughs> is it. a very small world. Uh, and congratulations to Jenny Lee and Mindy for getting married in October. Uh, very beautiful wedding photos I saw on Facebook. So congrats. But I had no idea you harbored this fear, Jenny Lee. I had no idea.
1: When I found this story, I sent you just a little bit of it and of, of the Pierce. part where. It's obvious that she went to Mesquite. I said, do you know this person? You were like, oh, yeah. And I said, her story is really funny. And you said she was always a really good writer. And mm-hmm. what a
0: nice thing to remember about someone that you haven't seen in like 20 years. Oh, yeah. We have Jenny Lee and I, because Mrs. Moll's class was the class where we were in the same classroom with similar students, but ninth, 10th and 11th grade. So we we're all mixed in. Ginny Lee and I are in the same, we're in the same graduating class, but we got to, you know, have English classes together. But then every spring break, Mrs. Mole would organize these field trips that we would fundraise ourselves throughout the year by like selling Starburst or having garage sales or doing a car wash so we could each pay our way for our trip. And she would organize for us to go to Washington, D.C., New York City or uh, Disney World, which they did the behind the scenes educational trip on Disney. Disney. and those trips were some of my favorite high school memories and we all had a great time anytime we went on and many uh, photos in the photo album of all of our high school shenanigans but i did not know that jenny lee has been harboring this fear about the biffy monster i've just been afraid of a sleepaway camp style situation of like a acute biffy scenario where it is a Serial killer waiting for me in the toilet. Not that they are always living in the toilet. This is a different (laughs) fear. But related. That is so
1: heinous. And now all I can think about. And I I have to address. Thank you so much. And thank you also for including the link to the Shiwi for me. I appreciate it. I actually have one of these. I've used it once. And I will now share that story. (laughs) I... The, I guess it was 2017 in January because it was the first big women's march after Trump was elected. And Tommy and I, along with some other people, flew out to DC to participate in the march. And I was reading like all this stuff on how to prepare beforehand and everything. And everyone said, it's, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people. Like, who knows what the bathroom situation is going to be like. You should get a shiwi just in case. So I order one and then I have it with me while we're marching and everything. I never did need it. But then that evening, Tommy and I and a friend we were with go out to a bar, a club, and we're dancing and stuff and everything. Of course, some drinks were had and (laughs) we're walking back to where, like, I guess we were going to get an Uber or something like that. And I was like, I have really got to pee. Well, I still had my shiwi with me. Hell yeah. So, did I have to use it? No. Did I want to? Absolutely. Where did I choose to try this out for the first time? The playground of a school, Mm-mm. just right there on the, you know, in downtown DC. In, in hindsight, terrible idea. Not cool. Was not. <laughs> You shouldn't, shouldn't pull down your pants at a school. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah, and if a any camera reason. had caught me, it wouldn't have been great. So but I was least- not thinking at the time. I was just concentrating on my shiwi, which I will say is harder to use than you would think because my brain isn't trained to be like, okay, you can pee now. It's like my body froze up like, this isn't right. You shouldn't. You're going to pee all over your pants if you try to pee right now. So I I, I guess I need to practice. And mm-hmm. then- if I have a porta potty situation, I can use it. Although that does mean I have to face the oh. Biffy. And while you're reading this story, I got this horrifying image. And Jenny Lee, I'm so sorry. You may want to mute me for a second.
0: <laughs> what just if skip you skip ahead? Skip ahead. What if
1: you like looked down into the, the toilet and you just saw like just two like gator eyes but they were human eyes like poking up (laughs) like it was just like you just saw these glowing eyes staring up at you out of all of that
0: nastiness and then on either side of the nastiness like two arms begin to rise as it reaches for you Yeah, and it's just covered in soggy toilet paper and stuff's just falling off of it
1: as it reaches up to you you know it's got long nails and stuff's (laughs) all under that I didn't know
0: that I didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know
1: it, but my theory is it travels underground under <laughs> porta potties, so that's how it can be in any of them. You don't know where it is,
0: so you're okay. This is helpful for my scaredness because I was <laughs> thinking. So you're thinking that there's a singular Biffy monster. I was wondering that if. A biffy monster can be created anytime there is too much buildup in a porta potty oh. sit, and it is like a. It could be more than one all over the place. Biffy okay. monsters, kind of like Fresno night crawlers. Like there's not like a single one of them. Mm-hmm. There's we have the the archetype of it, but also there's <gasps> many around. <laughs> in
1: your theory, does the contents of the porta potty determine? The uh, shape, size, evilness of the Biffy monster. Naturally, <laughs> okay, okay. So if if this porter potty is like in the parking lot of a Tex Mex restaurant, it's we are be- looking at like one of the worst Biffy monsters you can have. It's
0: like a mega boss of. <laughs> <laughs> okay versus like one that's uh you know like the ones that were like outside of that cocktail party. I don't know, you tell me. You were in there recently. Um, um it was dark, but it was no. also raining, which
1: I didn't love, but I I couldn't see much, but That's for the best. Don't gaze I, into
0: the abyss, no, it will no. stare back.
1: <laughs> that's why I don't want to face it with the shiwi cuz I'm going to have to I, you know, I just hover to the point where I'm basically standing. I'm just mm-hmm. hovering enough to where I don't piss myself Mm -hmm. and then i i just hurry up and get out so i haven't looked down there to see if there are
0: eyes or something and now new fear unlocked yeah now we know something else to fear while we're down there well when i um i have like a little square it's some kind of like silver infused pad something that's meant to be a Antibacterial wiping pad for when you're hiking and you can like rinse it in streams and it's naturally antibiotic, like or antibacterial or whatever. So I have that and I'm a good squatter downer, kind of like this Mothman picture I have next to me (laughs) of him squatting, but of just kind of like a deep down squatter down. I'm pretty good at going that way. So you're right. I think if I was standing, I would have to have a lot of practice to get the shiwi in motion, but I'm willing to learn. If it's helpful, I'm willing to learn. It's like, um,
1: Pat in your stomach and head at the same time type of thing. <laughs> you got to like train your brain to think of it in a different way. I'm just going to start practicing at home. Yeah. And Tommy, this is your
0: warning <laughs> that I'm now I'm going to be paying with the shiwi. <laughs> going forward, we're training all of uh, Ella's going to have to learn too. So sometimes yes, we're all learning. We're all going to learn. Cause it's just a good convenient uh, skill to have, to be able to go anywhere and not have to squat down. Cause I I'll do worry about rattlesnakes. Yeah.
1: I, I will say I'm a good squatter out in the wild. Oh, yes. Because, you know, I feel like I have more space. But in the confines of a porta potty, I'm not trying to drop my ass anywhere near where it could even <laughs> accidentally touch that Ooh, seat. No,
0: no, that's the worst part about any kind of 5K fun run, charity walk, Oof. anything is just you having to use porta potties. I get it. It's a necessary evil, but I hate it still. I'm allowed to still hate it. <laughs> even I, I Just always think of that scene from Slumdog
1: Millionaire, and I'll never forget it. I've never seen that movie.
0: Really? No, I only make uh, pop culture references to it that I've heard (laughs) from like SNL or The Office. I should just really watch it, honestly.
1: (laughs) I think you'd really enjoy it. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: seems like uh, right up my alley. Well, yeah, I uh, well I know I'm going to get scarred now at least by one scene though. (laughs) Oh well, Jenny Lee, thank you. It's so good to hear from you. I just uh, like I said, I just saw your wonderful wedding photo. So congratulations on the wedding as well to uh, to Jenny Lee and Mindy. Congrats. And congrats on staying alive this yeah. long with the Biffy Monster. <laughs> <You> survived.
1: <laughs> well, thank you all so much for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you've seen the Biffy Monster, <gasps> you've had a brush with true crime, or you've felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at SinisterHood.com slash Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see what we're up to next. Dive into over 500 hours of bonus content. You can sign up at no cost and we'll just send out alerts to you and, some t- and fun stuff just to follow along and see what we're up to. But then we also do a lot of bonus content. We have a live stream tonight, so you won't be able to watch it tonight because this will come out tomorrow. But you can always watch the replay where um, we're going to be answering questions about our recent paranormal investigation aboard the USS North Carolina. Some members of the Ghost Guild are going to be in the chat to help answer questions as well. I'm plugging this even though you can't listen to it live, but you can listen to everything. We have all the archives, all the audio and stuff. So anything that you've missed, you can still listen to Q&As, live streams, etc.
0: We have a live stream coming up. We will announce the date shortly here towards the end of November. So keep your ears peeled for that. And that's one way, uh, one reason to sign up at the free tier. So as soon as we announce those things, you'll be made aware of it and know uh, whether you want to join or not. Yeah. We also just posted a recent true crime headlines, pretty in
1: depth on the Natalie Holloway ruling. And we cover um, some of that case as
0: well, which a lot of people have been asking us to cover. So you can find that there too. Definitely. You can head to sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out Sinisterhood merch. It is, uh The temperatures have dropped rapidly in Dallas, so it's actually feeling kind of cold and chilly. So if it's feeling that way wherever you are, grab yourself a cozy sweater, a mug for a hot beverage, or hell, if you're on the other side of the world and it's warm, we've got tank tops. If it's coming on summertime for you down in the Outback, because uh, it's Read a lot about Australia for a reason that oh. you'll find out soon, but mm-hmm. uh maybe uh grab yourself a tank top. We got all kinds of fun stuff, so head to sinisterhood dot com click shop on the top banner,
1: put another tank top on the Bobby.
0: <laughs> do it's <laughs> awful I'm so every Australian listener just went fuck
1: you. oh no, we'. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> crikey. I did make an announcement aloud to myself as I was walking, listening to a podcast narrated by two wonderful Australian journalists. And I went, This is the best accent. I just oh, said it out loud. I agree. This is the best one.
1: I agree. It's, it's definitely up there. Well, you can also, while you're at sinisterhood.com, review the show, follow us on socials, check out the episode description for more fun,
0: like topic based playlists and links to live show tickets. If, and you can follow us on Instagram, X, and Threads at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can also check us out on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. And for this holiday season, if you need a great gift that's not just going to be junk that accumulates in someone's house, get a cameo from us. That is a custom video shout out. Uh, we can do delivery in 24 hours. We also have said happy birthday, happy anniversary, any sort of thing you want to celebrate. Congrats on your wedding. Give us some wedding advice uh, starting a new job anything that message you want us to deliver we're happy to do it so you can order those custom video shout outs at cameo.com and search sinisterhood where are you at on social media i'm on instagram at christy and wallace and tiktok at
1: christy or gtfo heather i'm online at heather versus the world as always the devil and the biffy monster <laughs> rules the airwaves and the border bodies <laughs> Keep it
0: creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Biffy Man. <laughs>